0: With great, you know, power comes great responsibility. This gives you great power to walk across a country, fuck naked, with nothing but your phrase in your head and take all of your wealth with you.
1: Hey, this is Mike Koenigs. Welcome to another episode of Capability Amplifier. This is my friend, Brad Costanzo. How are you doing, everybody? All right. So let me give you a little pre-frame on this. This is something I've been planning on for a long time. Brad Costanzo is an incredibly brilliant trader, marketer, much, much more than that. He actually has a podcast called Bacon-Wrapped Business. Shameless plug for Brad. But today we're going to be talking about crypto and some of the stuff that we're going to be covering include what to buy. We're going to talk about our portfolios. We're going to talk a little bit about altcoins, how to buy it. Also, um, where to store it so it doesn't get stolen or ripped off. We're going to get into a couple other kind of advanced things um, including staking. We're going to talk a little bit about taxes, but we're also going to talk about some of the weird stuff that's been going on worldwide, like with Switzerland and Russia, the Ukrainian thing and how Switzerland screwed their brand for life. Um, because of some of the, the shenanigans they have pulled, they've devalued themselves and their trust. You're wondering, what does that have to do with crypto? Everything. Because uh, anyone who knows me knows I'm very bullish on crypto, but n- But it's also a big Ponzi scheme in a lot of ways. There's a lot of bad actors in it. So we're going to sift and sort between all that. So without further ado, Brad Costanzo, great to be with you, my friend. It's great to be here, Mike. I've always been a fan of this studio. It's amazing. It's great Uh, to be on the side of it. It is. It's always fun. And um, um, this gave us a really good reason because we did a lot of prep today. And one of the things that I'm super excited to do is you have figured out a strategy after obsessing for thousands of hours on how to predict the markets. And do you want to wet everyone's whistle on that before we get into the meat? Yeah, I'm happy to. So it's funny, you mentioned I've got a podcast
0: as well. And my journey in crypto uh, actually started with me interviewing somebody else who became a big mentor of mine. And then through that time, and I, as I started to understand the basics and then I started to see the light, I started to just dig and dig and dig and try to figure it out. And there's so much out there that. The strategies that work for me and that we're going to talk about include simple indicators, simple things that, you know, none of us need a whole new job. None of us really want to be professional full-time traders myself too, but I've got a handful of indicators that I use that not only show me when to get in, but give me the danger, the red flags, like, Hey, this is getting really toppy. This is time to get out. And, you know, I personally, I consider myself much more of an investor than a trader. I'm not buying and selling all day long that's too complex. I like to keep it simple mm-hmm. and protect my downside. So that's some of the things I really want to kind of cover today.
1: Okay, great. So also, I think um, what I want to do is give everyone the opportunity, um, because this is a very visual episode, there's two things you want to do. One of them is the video version of this is at capabilityamplifier.com slash crypto one, the number one. And uh, the other thing is there's a place, and this will make a lot of sense in a moment. Actually, I'm going to just pre-frame this. We're about to do a mastermind in Guadalupe Valley with a bunch of business owners, clients, etc, friends, and we're going to be teaching this stuff, and what this is also serving as a little bit of a pre-training for people in the, at the mastermind. So one of the things that we're going to offer, and we'll talk about this a little bit later on, is you've put together a really good step-by-step book that provides a background, a basis for crypto, Bitcoin um, and I also will put a transcript of the show there. So there's two ways to get it. I'll display this on a lower third, also embed it in show notes and tell you it throughout the program, which is if you go to paidforlife.com slash mastermind, you can get it all there. And then you can also text the word crypto, C-R-Y-P-T-O to 855-955-3958. So without further ado, let's just start with some of the basics, which are um, what our holdings are right now. Um, before we get into the why we think crypto is worth investing in in the first place, so why don't you go through some of the coins that you're currently holding? because we looked at your portfolio and for so everyone knows you're in you're in the seven figure area and have had um earnings above seven figures as well, so you're not just dabbling around. I'm in the several hundred thousand range. I'm not in the seven figures only because I'm taking my time to learn. but mm-hmm. do you want to kind of go through? In order of priority, what your holdings are, what you've been investing in, and why those. Let's begin there, and then we'll talk about how to get it, how to protect it. That'll yeah. be kind of our next Yeah, step. we'll
0: kind of rewind to the, the fundamentals, because I think the, the reason that I have as much as I do now, and I didn't just say, hey, I got this, i am throw a whole bunch of money in there. It was little by little, the more I understood it, the more confident I got, mm-hmm. the more money, and then the more confident I got, the more results, and, and it just became this, this slow stack on. My holdings, I I consider myself I consider myself a conservative investor because capital preservation is to me is more important than just hedging everything, uh, especially you know once you have some money you don't want to lose it.
1: Yeah, pain of loss is very very real. I Absolutely. agree completely. Yep. So I would say
0: without I'm not looking at my exact portfolio breakdown. The majority of my of my portfolio probably I would say sixty, at least sixty to seventy percent. Is Bitcoin and Ethereum, mm-hmm. right? And, and that, what it,
1: what approximately is the split between those two?
0: When it started
1: off, I was just going 50-50 When
0: I was initially putting in uh, Ethereum, ran up more than Bitcoin did in the past, uh, you know, couple of years that I've been doing this. Yeah, mine did too. Yeah, so I I want to say that of that sixty or seventy percent, Ethereum's probably sixty percent, and then forty percent of that would probably be Bitcoin. That being said, we are in what is this March of twenty twenty two. We are in the middle of a prolonged pullback, and I've been averaging in with Bitcoin. And that's what I've been buying during this downtrend. So that being said, that's, I like to take about 80, 70 to 80% of my portfolio in the blue chip, biggest of the big, I can sleep at night. Then with the other 20 to 30% of my portfolio, I own blue chip coins, such as Luna, uh, Avalanche, Solana, Chainlink, Cardano, Binance, Tezos, Polkadot. Um, there's a handful of other ones such as, you know, Polygon, Phantom. And these are the ones that that allow me to realize I'm not taking mega risks on absolutely tiny most of these will not have 100x gains but I reserve about 5 to 10% of my portfolio what I call play money because it is fun you can have you know face ripping gains that uh, are in the market you can have face ripping losses too but so I try to keep a very bitcoin and ether my anchors the other ones are you know middle of the road and then the you know the degenerate coins, yeah, just
1: for fun, and just for everyone who uh, what are degenerate coins?
0: Degenerate coins are the, these are the ones that kind of come out of nowhere. I even think of like Shiba, S H I B, is the um, thing. It's a meme coin. There's no real use case, but it's got tremendous uh, community behind it, and you know it's got the ability to like triple in a day. For instance, those are kind of degenerate coins, and there's a lot of you know worse ones out there like that that just pop up here and there, I may throw a few hundred dollars in some of these coins, not because it'll change my life, but because I want to see a couple hundred turn into a few thousand sometimes in a week or to turn to zero. If it goes to zero, I'm not losing that much. If it turns to
1: that it's kind of like my like I get my dopamine pings. Got it. All right. So my my portfolio is overall uh, a lot like yours. Um, Bitcoin is my main holder, Ethereum secondary, and sometimes they alternate a little bit. Um, that's because I'm doing bot trading, which I'm actually going to talk about. And in our training, we're actually going to do that. And then there's Solana Matic, which is a currency that um the use case. Well, first of all, do you know much about Matic? Have you studied it? Yeah. Why don't you just describe what it is? Because I don't think I'll do as good of a job as you. So
0: it's uh, they call it a layer two solution. So it what it, one of the things it really helps
1: do is the scaling problems of Ethereum and. You know, th- Which is namely, when you use Ethereum, you have to pay um, money to transfer. sort of like you transfer fees in a bank. Right, they call them yeah. gas fees. Right, and um, and when you transfer, it can be fairly high. It can be even more than credit card processing. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Painfully high. Yeah, and so this reduces it. It also speeds up because there is, because of the nature of blockchain, when you transfer a coin, all of the devices on the network, um, get in sync with each other. And it's sort of like their ledger of who owns what and where it is gets updated on all the machines. And that way it proves ownership, right? That's part of the beauty of, of this, but it's also expensive in terms of energy costs and network costs. And that's how people, one of the ways you earn on the, on the blockchain is by charging fees. So it gets distributed. Um, but, At least that's the really basic way of thinking about it. But the bottom line is, Matic is a better way of doing that. And then the other one is Avalanche. You want to tell people a little bit about what Avalanche is, and I'll tell you why this is important.
0: Yeah. So Avalanche is it's also very similar to um, to Matic in a lot of ways, but it's it's more of a a competitor, if you would, to something like Ethereum. So you know, for folks who don't really know what Ethereum is at at the most fundamental level, it's a it is a platform which you can build all types of decentralized applications with a lot of capabilities and it's a blockchain of its own so as you mentioned ethereum gets really it's really popular that's why it's really expensive so things like avalanche they come in solana is very similar and they create a chain that's got different features but it does the same stuff you can write smart contracts on there you can do a lot but it's blazingly fast a lot of applications are built on there and a lot of these other chains were built up because the average person really can't afford to do a lot on Ethereum because of the gas fees. So there's, um, one of the things I do when I'm buying like avalanche and, you know, Solana and polygon and a lot of these other ones, I don't know what's going to win. So I'm putting a little bit in each. Uh, I don't know if any of them are honestly going to win. They, they may all go to zero, but I'm diversifying out just in case. Um, so I'm, You know, a lot of them, I, and honestly, I'm not geeky enough to know, or maybe I should say smart enough to know the deep down differences, but enough to say, I see a trend and I'm going to play in this trend.
1: So I'm going to de-nerd that a little bit. What ultimately this is all about as an investor is imagine you're buying into, if there were four Amazon competitors early on and they all have a mechanism for storing or warehousing products buying and selling on a a storefront, advertising, marketing, brand building. And that's really what these utility tokens are. Ethereum is sort of like a master. It's like buying steel that built into it has an accounting department, a legal department, shipping department, and a mechanism so you could build any business into it you want. And there's competitors right now. That's what all these ultimately are. Mm -hmm. And the beauty of crypto is the fact that you can build apps on top of them and also build in contracts what are called smart contracts that essentially say when you do this I'll do this and you'll be paid so it eliminates the need for attorneys trusted third parties that's yes. why they call
0: it like trustless networks you don't need a human being and in the crypto and blockchain world, there's something called like the um, the crypto trilemma. So this is like a dilemma, but it's a trilemma. And it really comes around three features. So any blockchain, Bitcoin included, mm-hmm. you can have decentralization, scalability, and security. Those are the three most important things. This is kind of like if, you know, in the world of like pricing services, I've heard them say, you can have speed, quality, or price, pick two. Yeah. Right. You, you can have it done quickly. Um, and expensively, but it's uh, I don't know, maybe it's going to be low quality. but with this, with a blockchain, you can have it highly decentralized, you can have it highly secure, but it's not as scalable that's the that's the trilemma with Bitcoin. yeah, so bitcoin is you know, you cannot do thousands of transactions a second like this, et cetera, but it's it's the most decentralized, it's the most secure. There are other layer two and other layers solutions that help Bitcoin become more scalable by itself. It's not ethereum. Has security and decentralization, but the scalability is also an issue because it's so popular that although it scales, it gets really expensive to scale
1: bottom line is it's slow and expensive to use right it's like having a uh truck with five miles per gallon instead of you know the the faster ones like polygon and what Matic provide and and right and, and are ultimately. In a way, kind of like compatible, but different. Exactly. So Mm -hmm. Matic comes in to try to
0: be, to help the scalability problem of Ethereum say, okay, we're decentralized, we're secure, and we're more scalable. And then sites like Avalanche and Solana and Phantom and a lot of these other layer one blockchain, like Ethereum competitors, they have tremendous scalability. Uh, They have some decentralization and some security. Decentralization and security are very, very related but they're trying to, everybody's trying to fill the gaps Mm -hmm. in the market. And right now, the biggest gap in the market is how can we make this more scalable? How can we process more transactions so that we can onboard more traditional small retail investors into this world of crypto and start to play? Because if you're just playing with Ethereum, you're going to go broke on gas fees. I mean, you, you do a simple transaction on Ethereum right now, it might cost as much as a fancy dinner with your wife. Mm-hmm. So you better be spending thousands of dollars, right? If you're trying to play with hundreds of dollars or even just a couple thousand,
1: you don't really want to play. Yeah. You can, tra- you can pay 10% on a simple transaction. Absolutely. That's the issue right now. Yeah. So I'm going to just wrap up what you're saying and we're going to get into the meaty stuff. But the way to think about it is right now there's a lot of competition. There's a lot of movement going on. Everyone's solving the problems of how can we effectively replace um, traditional banking so it's faster. It has more trust. There's less um, inefficiency. How do we effectively replace Visa and MasterCard, which are notorious? I mean, I, I tell a story many times of how I one time had um, $800,000 stolen from me by my merchant provider because they didn't trust the industry we we're in, which at the time was information marketing and selling stuff online. Boom. And they said, yep, yep. you're high risk. And I'm like, when am I going to get my money back? And they're like, whenever we decide to, and remember that 20 uh, page contract with six point font that you signed, um, basically we can screw you any way we want. So um, that's the beauty of crypto is what is inevitable is more and more people will trust this for some reasons we're going to get into, but let's get into the meaty bits right now, which are going back to um, what to buy. We went through our lists, now how to buy it. Now, I use Coinbase and Coinbase Pro simply because they're easy, they're app-based, you can simply download them, um, and then you can buy your crypto. They don't charge big fees. There's some better ones, and I know you use some other ones. I want you to talk about those. I
0: honestly use Coinbase for a lot of on-ramping because it's easy. Mm -hmm. I've used, I've dabbled in the other ones, but it just interfaces with my bank. I buy it there. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I'll buy a stable coin. Audience isn't familiar. A stable coin is just a crypto
1: coin pegged to the US dollar. So it doesn't really, which know, is USDT and USDC or and Tezos, which yeah. are yeah. well, I'll
0: you, te- Tezos is Tezos? not, it's not a stable coin, although the price has acted like a stable coin lately. Okay. That being said, sometimes what I'll do is I'll take that money. I'll just put cash into a stable coin on Coinbase and then I'll send it somewhere else, like a decentralized exchange, which is, you know, where you can buy other coins and there's a lot less regulation, et cetera. And, uh, and I'll buy them there, but yeah, for the most part, Coinbase has
1: been good. Yep. And so I I will compare this to it's kind of like forex. You Mm -hmm. can buy foreign exchanges online. It'd be like if you wanted to buy some rupees, for example, or whatever. You know, you'd basically be able to buy uh, foreign exchange, and um, this is just a means of enabling that. So, um, for our the folks who are coming to the mastermind, one of the things I will tell you, I think you should do: get on Coinbase if you don't have crypto already. Buy as much Bitcoin and Ethereum as you feel comfortable. And um, if we gave them an, another altcoin or two, what would you suggest? Um, like I would probably say Matic and Solana. Mm-hmm.
0: The one that I have been in now, as far as altcoins go, for a while, and I absolutely love it is Luna, mm-hmm. and the
1: entire Luna ecosystem. It's um, and why is that? Why don't you give a mini commercial on Luna? Man, it's so
0: it's it's got one of the most Fascinating ecosystems. And one of the things it's tied to is also another stable coin. So Luna is like a moon, right? Like that's the, what we call a moon. And then there is another stable coin called UST. Technically, they call that Terra. So you think of the Earth and the moon. So when the moon revolve, and this will be a point I make in a second, the moon revolves around the Earth and stabilizes the Earth's axis. It's a stabilizing mechanism. Ultimately, if we didn't have the moon, we'd probably have a crazy wobbly uh, Earth. And the way that the Luna or the Terra ecosystem works is that its foundation is the UST stablecoin. So it's a stablecoin pegged to the dollar, but it's not pegged by a basket of assets. It's not backed by anything. It's backed by an algorithm that works with Luna. So the reason that this is so important is because if the, if the peg of the UST stablecoin goes above the dollar or below it, it creates an arbitrage opportunity for market players to either buy or sell Luna in order to create this stability, like to stabilize the rotation, right? Now, and once more, without going too, too deep down this rabbit hole, the more people who want to buy Luna, I'm sorry, to buy the stablecoin UST, every time you create a UST stablecoin, technically by buying it, uh, it, it burns. Luna supply out of the market. So it reduces the supply. Now, if you're reducing the supply. It's like inflation supply, control. Yes. And yeah. it, you, know, when you reduce the ply, supply, typically the price of something will go up. Mm-hmm. And what we see is a really good correlation of the more people who want to get into this UST stablecoin for multiple reasons, such as a 19.5% yield on a coin with no price volatility, which is one of the most exciting things that I do. Um, the more people that want that, the more Luna should go up and we have seen one of the most amazing charts here just in the past week of what luna's
1: doing and it's one of the best you have it up just in case yeah it's okay if you don't i i I do do you okay give me a sec here let me switch to it um there it is okay okay so i want you to describe what you're looking at here so
0: this is my trading view account here and i'm looking at uh i'm actually going to make this a little easier for folks to read who don't know candles i'm gonna make a line chart so if you look at this this is really impressive right well what's the time period so this is almost a year ago, January of 20. What? Let's just go back to March of 2021 right here, which is about when I discovered it. So let's go basically March 1st. It was trading at $5. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, two months before that, it was trading at like 50 cents. Well, let's just take it from $5 to where it is today. It's up 1500%. Wow. Just, just in that period of time. However, if you went back to January of 21 and we go let me just see if I can do this
1: and just uh, for anyone who's listening to us right now, uh, Brad is zooming in on a chart and um, uh, showing us basically the direction of uh, Luna and then you're going to do some yep. magic nerd stuff
0: So it hit an all-time high just here recently around100 dollars. So if you look at January 2021 20, to really March 2022, I don't know if you can see that, but it's up 10,428% in 417 days. Yeah. Okay. Now that's over time, but let's look at what's just happened here recently. And this happened for multiple reasons in the market that I was paying close attention to. So the last high was December 26th and it came down from there down to its low dropped 54%. I mean, the whole market went down about 50%. That's really scary. But if you look at what just happened here, on February 21st till, well, a couple of days ago, it was up 100% in 17 days. Mm-hmm. Today's price, it's up 81% in less than three weeks. And this is when the market has, has just been sputtering around. And there's a couple reasons for this. One of them, and we're going to dive in, I think, to the weaponization of money. Yeah. People are realizing that their money is not safe. Stable coins are also going to be highly regulated by the federal government. Especially because they're backed by U.S. dollar assets, U.S.T. stablecoin is not, so they have no jurisdiction over that. So, if people want to have unconfiscatable uh, stablecoins that are just pegged to the U.S. dollar that they cannot be confiscated, you're starting to see a lot of demand for U.S.T. here. That's one piece, and then another little piece of you know news behind the scenes is that they raised over a billion dollars in Bitcoin to be a backstop. So just in case anything happens with the peg starts to move and they need to immediately arbitrage and back it up, they bought a billion dollars worth of Bitcoin, which is not correlated in order to provide safety and security. And people are seeing that and they're rewarding the price. So I love the, and I am scratching the surface of why I like the Terra ecosystem so, so much. So personally, that's when I watch really, really closely at this exact moment, it just had a 80% run up in three weeks, I might wait for it to pull back, but I'd be paying very close attention because I have a very high price target for this. Okay. so
1: I, I think um, I've been trading it with my bots and it's actually done pretty well, but let's go into two key things here. So um, we talked about what to get and what to buy with, which is again, Coinbase Pro is the easiest way. You enter in your bank account information, you click transfer, and once you do what's known as KYC, know your customer, where you provide information about you, they, they basically say, now we know you're a real person, et cetera. Um, they will let you transfer. In my case, my account lets me transfer up to $250,000 at a time, and I can use it immediately um, even before the money shows up. The only thing is I can't trade it out of Coinbase. Okay? So that's one of the nice things about it. Now we're going to talk about protecting yourself. And this is super important. So again, if you're coming to the Mastermind, one of the things I would recommend you do is download something called Exodus Wallet. I'm going to show you on my screen here. um, This is the wallet, um, and you can download it on your Android or your um, iPhone. And uh, basically what it lets you do, and I'm going to explain why this is so important. You can transfer all of your holdings in your... um, Let's say from your Coinbase account into this wallet. Why is this important? Well, let me give you an example the weaponization of money. So, it, when Russia invaded Ukraine, which is evil, um, and the world effectively canceled Russia and destroyed its economy, um, something unprecedented happened. And I'll preframe this by saying, I think Switzerland is evil and has done evil things for a long time. They've created safe harbor for criminals to hide stolen money, like the Nazis. They took stolen Jewish money and they gave safe harbor and uh, and they've been neutral, okay? So they're bad for doing that. They've done a lot of evil things and you could definitely say they've done a lot more evil things. However, they screwed their brand for life because what they did They caved into outside political pressure after being neutral and said, oh, we're going to allow governments to confiscate Russian oligarch money or Russian government money. Now, on the surface, you'd say that's okay because Russia's evil and does evil things. But what they effectively did is destroyed their 400 year brand by saying we will cave to pressure. Let's look at another example, what Canada did. Okay, They also stole money. Now, whether you agree or disagree with the political truck driving stuff that was going on and how it was tied to politically sensitive subjects, like, uh, uh, I'm not going to say the words because it, it shows up in all the search engines, right. but everything we know about, the bottom line is the government decided to confiscate money. Here's the beauty of crypto and why I recommend the Exodus wallet. It's because when you download this, You transfer your currency into a wallet that when it's in there, that stuff is completely under your control. If you keep your crypto in Coinbase or any one of the exchanges, they can cave at any time. So MetaMask is a wallet. Well, there was some stuff about Venezuela. They decided to block all access to Venezuelans. So it's basically saying any government could come in and destroy your ability to have your own currency and store it. But if you take it offline onto a wallet and look, this isn't completely foolproof for a lot more reasons than we can describe here. But basically what happens is when you set up the Exodus wallet, you can transfer all of your coins into kind of think of it like your own private bank.
0: Actually, actually, no, don't think of it like your private bank. Think of it like you're under your mattress.
1: Okay. Because at a bank, that's somebody else else
0: is there who has the keys to the vault in this is your own private vault
1: yes but a mattress isn't secure so your whole house could burn down in the case of the exodus wallet here's ultimately what happens you set it up you transfer your coins and it's actually pretty easy to do and then there's a secret key they call it your password phrase it's 12 words you press a button you hold it down it'll give it to you And what you want to do is you want to write that down and save it in a couple places or memorize it if you have a good memory, put it in a trust, but the bottom line is make sure it can't be open or seen by anyone. But let's say you lost your phone, you lost your computer, anything would happen, you can download the app, install your recovery phrase, and all of your coins still belong to you. And all that's really happening is all of your coins exist in a private address somewhere, and that's why Cryptocurrency is cryptocurrency. It's basically right. a secret place that's virtually unhackable. All right. For and again, we won't go down that that uh dirty r- road, but the bottom line is no one can easily crack into your stuff and there'sn't precedent for it. But the way they
0: do that is they crack into you. Yeah. They're not cracking into the ledger. And you know, even at a fundamental level level where people don't quite get it, it actually took me a while to actually really get it. So when I say if I say I've got a hundred thousand dollars of Bitcoin or Ethereum sitting out there, right? Where is it? Well, they call it a distributed ledger. Think about, you know, if you got your money in the bank at Chase Bank, for instance, Chase has the ledger of how much money you have. In this case, your ledger is stored on, I don't even know, 10,000 different computers running the exact same ledger and they all have to match. Now, that's your money is not in one place. There is a record of your money in a lot of places and what the what the wallets do you know if your money is on at coinbase or if it's on at exodus or if it's on a ledger or any of these wallets that wallet is not your your money is not on the wallet the wallet is your is your is your doorway to the ledger that allows you to interact with the ledger and control it so then you go okay well wait a minute if i lose my phone if i lose my my usb drive if i lose anything else i just need to know my my private keys and then i can open any door right any door to the to the blockchain now the um there's a saying in crypto which is not your keys not your coins that means if i have my if i have my crypto at coinbase at a at a centralized exchange ultimately they have the keys they can control if i get that or not and in a moment's notice they can cut me off so these software wallets exist to say we are going to transfer the access to the blockchain to you and you alone, because you have these keys and nobody else has them. But like, was it Spider-Man who said, with great you know, power comes great responsibility. This gives you great power to walk across a country buck naked with nothing but your phrase in your head and take all of your wealth with you at any time. And nobody can take it away. The problem is you can lose those keys. You can forget it. So operational security, or they call it OPSEC in crypto. It's very important to understand in what you're talking about with Exodus wallet. Mm-hmm. That's step one. Just download the wallet, then start to slowly understand how to move money there and start and then how to protect that. And I know this is some stuff we're going to talk about at the mastermind. Yeah, we're
1: actually going to do it with her. Exactly. With
0: our, yep. But it's so critical, especially right now. You mentioned Canada. They demonstrated that if they do not like your position, you're even supporting the truckers and giving them food or whatever. They're freezing people's bank accounts. Now, not to dovetail too far, but this is so important. The right to transact, I believe, is more fundamental than the First or Second Amendment. Like the right, because if you think about it, the right to free speech, right? The right to assemble. What do you need? You need somewhere to speak. You need somewhere to assemble. Those require you might need gas to get to the place where you're going to protest. You might need to pay for your internet so that you can speak online. You need to survive. And if they take away your right to transact, they're fundamentally taking away every human right you have. But they're like, oh, well, no, we're just shutting down transactions. No, it's so much deeper than that. And for the first time, I, that's when my eyes opened up. And I was like, they are weaponizing money and they're playing with fire. It's going to burn us if we're not careful. It's going to burn them. And just since we're on this with what's going on with Russia right now, the Western world really only has two things. Let's go to war with you know money. Or let's go to war with guns and missiles. And nobody wants to go to war with guns and missiles, so we do it with money. The problem is everybody's paying attention. Everybody's saying, wow, they can cripple economies, individuals, companies. Immediately, we are so dependent upon them, and they're showing they're willing to use it against countries and grandmas that support trucker protests. It has never been more important, therefore, to understand crypto as a lifeboat. Just in case I mentioned this to you offline. I got into crypto for offensive, let's make some money. This looks good. I've started to view it as the most important defensive move completely that I agree.
1: can make. Yep. Bottom line is I I completely agree. A can't trust a government. And you gotta remember there's idiots, the lowest common denominator become bureaucrat because they don't add real value. That's my overall opinion. And all you got to do is witness human history, ladies and gentlemen, Rome, Greece, um, every country eventually goes through its cycle where it's run by morons. Yep. OK, there's who a saying will st- who steal for a living right. taxation. I think there's a necessary level of taxation. And then it becomes absolutely corrupt. Yep.
0: And there's that saying that, well, you know, power corrupts and absolute power corrupts. Absolutely. Well, the other piece is that it's not just that power corrupts. But power attracts corrupt people who want power. I've never met a really, really ethical person who wants that much power, right? They're, they're like, I'm striving. No, we want fulfillment. We want to feel you know, loved and we want to just get along and have fun. The power and the more power you have, it attracts people who want that power. Why do they want it? There's a reason. And they're demonstrating right now. They're willing to use it.
1: Yep. Sociopaths and psychopaths. Yep. Um, so. Uh, with that, this is the closest thing we can get to sovereignty. And I think what has happened with Russia and Canada and uh, the fear that goes on with right to speak. And look, I, I think that what laws are in place for and being able to have a, uh, a you know, what government is good for is policing, right? It's preventing crimes from happening of theft, et cetera. But at the end of the day, you got to protect yourself against your government. And banks who, again, Chase, your if you have an account in Chase, Chase controls everything. And the biggest thing about crypto and DeFi ultimately are this is replicated for all practical purposes, impossible to steal from, and it doesn't belong to anyone. It's just a replicated system. And um, it's like having a whole bunch of satellites where all the data is stored on it, and you could take down... of all of the systems and it still keeps on running. Now, someone would say, well, what happens if the internet goes down? Well, you know what? Your banks won't work either, you idiot. Nothing will.
0: Did you know? Yeah. um, I know this is true with Bitcoin. I do not know about all the altcoins, but I'm assuming because it's similar technology. You don't actually need an internet connection. You can have radio waves. Uh You can do transactions. You can, you know, there are ways to access your money if the internet goes down and that internet would have to go down globally. For a long time with no power generator backups, et cetera. So
1: we'd all be dying of other things first. Zombies would bigger, get us in multiple problems. ways. So the whole thing of what the internet goes down. a derp 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 der, is what I right. have to say about that. All right, moving right along. So uh in summary, Coinbase, get some coins, move all your stuff to Exodus, because then rotten things and rotten people can't steal it from you, and you have a level of sovereignty. And what has happened worldwide is the acceleration towards crypto is happening now. And this is why I'm very bullish on it. Let's talk a little bit. Um, I think there's two or or three things, and then we're going to get into your advanced stuff to wrap it up. But we're going to talk about DeFi, bot trading, and then uh, maybe even talk a little bit about staking. But I want to first talk briefly about bot trading. And for you watching or listening, um, at home i'm not going to show my screens and part of it is i don't ever want to show specifically where i have my my money basically my crypto but you just don't trust me yeah (laughs) yeah you're a bad person you're a bad person No, we've been uh but at the mastermind there's a couple people in there who've got 50 to a couple hundred thousand dollars and they've agreed to share their um on screen we're actually going to show our portfolios i'll be doing it there and um I'm using a, a tool called Bitsgap. Here's basically what you do. You click a button and you can choose a pair, a trading pair. So it'd be like um USDT, which is a pegged, dollar pegged think of it like stablecoin, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's dollars on in crypto world. and the digital and then US it'll, dollar, yeah. Yeah. And then it'll trade against, let's say, Avalanche, Avax or Luna or whatever, and those are two pairs that I have set up. And all the Bot does is it buys low, sells high, and it can do like thirty transactions a minute. Okay, buy low, buy low. Now the problem with this is, first of all, there's a subscri- subscription fee for the tool, BitsGap, and it's cheap. It's like fifty bucks for four or five bots, and one hundred and fifty for twenty bots, some somewhere in that neighborhood. There's also trading fees, which is sort of like paying for bank transfers, little wire transfers, every time this happens. Um, and someone might say, well, you know what? I can trade stocks without any fees. Well, you can, and this'll get simpler. And that's why the protocols are important. That's why these utility tokens are important. But for now, um, there's more volatility. There's more spread. These bots are pretty smart. So as of now with, um, uh, less than a hundred thousand dollars in there, um, what I've noticed and like today I showed you my portfolio, I'm actually technically down. Overall, I'm up, but I'm down at the moment. But other people who are using this strategy are at about 40% annual. Now, they claim sometimes, like, if you really get good at pairing, you can make 1% a day. Mm-hmm. My goal, for example, will be to have $250,000 in there and be able to produce, um, you know, even at a third of a point a day. My goal would be to generate 25 grand a month in passive income. Once I really get this, which is, you know, more than enough for all of our, um, expenses. So, uh, what we're going to do at the mastermind, we're going to demonstrate this, show it, and you can literally set up the bots. Once you understand the principles, which maybe takes an hour to get your head around less than five minutes to set up a bot. As soon as we're done with the recording, I'm going to actually set up some more bots with you. And, uh, you can subscribe to services that will show you what to buy based on, you know, basically nerds who do the research for us. Um, and I don't know if there's anything else other than what I did do is I have a, a link set up at paidforlife.com slash mybots, M-Y-B-O-T-S. If you click on that, it will create an account on Bitsgap and actually transfer my current bots to you, which you can, uh, you know, set up and use, which means you don't have to do the research other than I've spent Literally tens of thousands of dollars in time, money, resources, my own cash, learning how to figure this out. So, anything you want to add on that one? I think I went way too deep, but no, um, it's
0: great because it, it, bots are one of those things that I know conceptually how they work. I have not set them up. I'm also learning, you know, looking forward to learning and this aspect from you. I've just been so busy with the other stuff, I haven't had time to dive into the bots, but you know, I think they're fascinating and you know, it's very rule based, strict trading and it's about you know, controlling risk. Um and I think it's fascinating.
1: Yeah. I I'd, I'd say again for our f- friends coming to the mastermind we'll demonstrate it, show you how to do it. I'm going to give you some trading pairs. Um and if you want to just go to paidforlife.com/mybots, at least set up the account so it's running when you're there and then you can decide if you want to add some stuff later. But um the other thing it has is a demo or a simulator built in and the bot will actually backtrade as long as you want. It'll show you how much you would would have earned based upon an investment. So you can basically do paper trading with the bots if you just want to play around a little bit and see what you do or um, do what I did, which as I started, I put in like 10 grand and then 20 and then more. I'll probably have six figures in there by the time we're all together. I think, first of all, it is a little more risky, but it's just like doing options trading. You know, If you spend some time getting educated, pay attention to it. Um, the bots are pretty darn small or smart. I mean, and, um, they make money during downtimes. That's, what's pretty cool. As long as there's, um, um, active, um, what what's the word I'm looking for? Up and down and up and yeah. down. A volatility. Yeah. Volatility. Yeah. Thanks for the big words. <laughs> All right. Love it. Let's talk a little bit about staking and DeFi and earning interest because I've used Celsius I know you've done m- much more in there. And first of all, how successful have you been with it? Has it, had, has it made you real money? And what did you use? And why don't you explain what it is? Sure.
0: Uh, where do we start? Okay, let's start with DeFi. What mm-hmm. is DeFi, right? So DeFi stands for decentralized finance. And it is an absolutely disruptive technology. It really started to come in play back in like 2020. And it was like the summer of 2020. It was considered the summer of DeFi where all of these platforms and programs were sh- showing up that I could like it, when it just starts off you know I talked about a decentralized exchange typically I need to go to a like a Coinbase where there's a lot of know your customer identification rules in order to buy things because I'm transacting with US dollars um a, a decentralized finance exchange or decentralized exchange might be something called like Uniswap is a really good example of one on the Ethereum network where I can take if I have Ethereum and I want to buy uh you know, a completely other coin. I'm trying to think of another, like if I want to buy Chainlink, which is an Ethereum-based token, I can just trade it on Uniswap. And these are thousands, a hundred thousands or millions of individuals who are providing liquidity for me. So I can just trade back and forth.
1: It's just like trading a US dollar for an Australian dollar or a Canadian dollar. And you can, um, so the exchange is allowing that to happen.
0: Right. And there is no central authority. There is no CEO. There is, it's all the community coming together to provide a service. Okay. So now the next side of that is well what else can i do with um with this like besides just trading so decentralized finance also allows for staking okay so staking is you know without getting too complex here there's two main types of blockchain um what do i want to call them i can't even think of the word but it's there's a mechanisms there's a proof of work which is what primarily bitcoin and right now ethereum still does so i won't go into the details of what proof of work is But there is also proof of stake. Proof of stake is easier to explain, which is if you're running the ledger, if you're running with like a node or a validator for all the transactions, you have to have so many of the coins on this network. So for instance, like if I'm with Solana, is a staking network, I have to have so many coins in order to be able to process the transactions on the ledger. Now, in order to get those coins, I can either buy them or I can allow other people to direct their coins it's almost like directing their votes towards me think of, i think of it almost as like a the representative democracy like what we have here we have a republic so we elect we elect senators and congressmen to go to washington to vote for us we are delegating our vote to them so in this if i own a bunch of solana i can delegate my vote by staking it to somebody else in return they will pay me staking rewards i will get more solana and typically the percentage can range anywhere from like 2 or 3% to 5 10 15% depending on the coin and the protocol which means this is passive income so i can buy solana i can buy avalanche i can buy luna i can buy all of these things and i can stake them and we won't go into exactly
1: how on this episode i'll do the very basic which is for example if you use celsius yes you transfer your coin from coinbase pro so let's say you had one Bitcoin, which as of now is just under 40,000. You transfer that over to Celsius and they will start paying you 6% on your first 0.25, your first quarter of a Bitcoin. After that, it's like 4%. Ethereum is around the same. I had one, Stellar, for example, XLM, I believe is the call letter. And um, I bought it and I bought it because... Celsius was paying 14% on it. I was like, this is awesome. So I bought a bunch of Stellar. I put it over there and I'm making my 14%. And it's, we'll, we'll call it very close to zero risk, right? They even insure you now. So there is insurance on it. Here's the problem. My Stellar, which I had, let's say, I think $15,000 worth of the stuff went down to about $7,000. So if I would have just had Bitcoin or Ethereum, it would have pretty much stayed. And even if I was making five points, but here I dropped 50%, not only am I making dick on it, um, my, the value of my original coin reduced. And, and I can't remember the reason what the market shift was, and sometimes it's just arbitrary because a lot of what's going on in the, in the crypto world is a giant Ponzi scheme, okay? There are bad actors in an unregulated world inventing garbage, and they can create enough fake news to artificially pump it up. It's like penny stocks, frankly. Yep. It's kind of like Wall Street. Oops, yep. <laughs> did I say that? Um, the, the fact like is- like the US dollar, what? Yeah, right. But the net net is, um, here's what happened is, is um, tr- you can transfer it over, and I made like five grand, and I can't remember how much I had over at uh, Celsius. An interest with very low risk. The only problem, again, with it, and I know there's a way around this, we have to research this, is because I had a bunch of currency sitting in Celsius, there was a a stink where Celsius, you know, one government was going to block Celsius for a little while. So once again, one of these rotten actors can come along and shut down an exchange and thereby you don't have access to your coins. Correct. There are ways of staking from your original wallet yes. and bypassing the exchange. That's a deeper topic for another well, so, episode. Well,
0: so, and just to kind of bridge this gap here, because the one thing that like Celsius isn't necessarily staking. So with Celsius, the, the mechanism oh, yes, for sorry. that- I'm sorry. It's just Yeah, you're lending. You're yes. lending. You're, you're giving them your coins to lend out. They're paying you really ridiculous amounts of money. Like you can earn uh, like on USDC right now, which is a stable coin pegged to the dollar. I'm just looking at the rates on my computer. If I if I put ten thousand in there right now, all I have to do is put it in there. They're lending it out. People who are hyper collateralized,
1: snapping at yep, trading like a like like just like a bank. Yep, yep. And this, they're
0: currently paying the lowest percentage I've ever seen, which is seven point one percent interest on a non volatile asset on cash. Right. So think of this as a savings account with a seven point one percent interest rate. Are there risks? Yeah, there are you know, black swan risks. There are risks that something will happen with Celsius, because it is they have the keys. You do not have the keys. Yep. But then what you just mentioned, yes, you can stake, which is where I started off. You can stake your coins like in my own wallet. It's my stuff. What I'm doing is I'm delegating my voting power to somebody else, and I may get paid five, six, seven percent or more just for holding the asset. So they become yield bearing tokens that I mean, let's say you have $100,000 of, uh, I'm just going to say Solana. I can't remember exactly what the staking rewards for Solana are at the most popular places, but let's just say it's 6 or 7%. I get the potential benefit of Solana going up, but I also get income coming in. And it's remarkable, but there's lending, there is staking, and I'm trying to think of the other DeFi. There, then there are yield farming, which is an entire other can of worms. This is where you're getting paid to provide liquidity for other coins. I mentioned Uniswap and these decentralized exchanges. There is no one company who's just buying all of this and letting you sell it like Coinbase is. They're attracting individuals. They say, "Listen, we need to provide liquidity for USDC and um, another." I'm just thinking of another coin, Solana, right, or whatever it is. Don't roast me if I get this wrong, but they allow you to bring both coins and you create. You're participating in a pool of liquidity and then so you get a percentage of every transaction that happens in that pool now there is a lot of uh, there's there's different risks there's different rewards we won't go into that right now but it's another way to earn income and this is called yield farming and i mean once you start to get into this if if, if nobody understands what we're talking about it may be over your head but once it starts to click it becomes the most fascinating
1: thing on the planet it's really fascinating where are in house so I'll, I'll first say A lot of stuff that goes on is speculative Ponzi scheme BS. However, when you start hanging out with people in the know who can truly show you their accounts and show their history, so there's a level of trust there, right? That's that's Ultimately, what is crypto? It's a new form of trust, okay? I believe it is inevitable. If you follow, go down the rabbit hole, everyone will be like, well, what about government regulation and this and that? It doesn't exist. It's all... Who believes what at any given time? It's all BS. Everything is a story and we reason our way through it. And what you care about is how much momentum, human momentum is in it. Right now, there are enough people using it, deciding to transact with one another. And I believe there are much, you know, there's been estimates I've seen of the amount of illegal activity happening with crypto versus U.S. dollars. OK, it, it it is insignificant. It's like one one hundredth of what goes on in the world. So anyone who argues, oh, cryptos for ca- criminals, do your research. Yes. Do your research. Dollars
0: okay. are for criminals. Yeah. <laughs> right? yeah. And there is a one about a one point seven trillion dollar market. Think about that It's a one point seven trillion dollar market. It ain't going anywhere. But I want to say up but I want to say out like it is expanding yes. yep. at a rate that it cannot be controlled. And you know, you mentioned, you mentioned something really important. Will government regulate it? Will government, ban- well, there's a big difference between will it regulate and will it ban it? So yes, they will, they will regulate it. Mm-hmm. There, there are governments that, There are, there
1: it. are good reasons for that to yes. protect, and that will increase the speed of adoption. And, um, if, and st- government can't compete with an entrepreneurial mindset and marketplace. The best thing they can do is coordinate with um, the good actors and find effective ways to tax it and make it easy. Because right now it ain't easy. That's another subject altogether. We'll talk about that at the mastermind, but continue going. I interrupt. You.
0: I heard a stat yesterday that it, I, this could be incorrect, but I think 40 million Americans own some crypto, mm-hmm. 40 million. That is such a large amount. So If they start to regulate and they start to get really hostile, like Elizabeth Warren, that Mm -hmm. hostile B, who is uh, Mm -hmm. (laughs) really against it because she
1: doesn't understand it. Total. Totally. It's so obvious. She is completely. Right. Total ignoramus.
0: Right. So what I think we're going to start seeing more and more and more rapidly is that the constituents own this stuff. They have a vested interest. And this is one of their, not only is it a lifeboat for them to prevent from getting wrecked, but it is a potential way for them to finally make some real money and compete i think that politicians are going to need to cater to a crypto friendly crowd so that's one piece but let's take it to another extreme let's look at the risks of outright let's just say the entire developed world g7 or whatever bans crypto we go it is Ill- is as illegal as cocaine right well first of all it didn't stop cocaine <laughs> no did not huh. the drug trade
1: exactly right? Yep. the
0: underground is going to grow so fast so let's, let's just think, okay, we're, I, and I've given a lot of thought to the worst case scenarios in the world of crypto. And I'll, I'll, let's just stick to Bitcoin and for this example and Bitcoin alone. If the government and the, and the regulators say this is a national security interest and this is going to ruin the US reserve system, et cetera, we are going to ban and make it illegal to buy and sell crypto like on Coinbase. You cannot do it. It's illegal. All right. That's a big risk that will likely affect the demand quite, you know, quite a bit. Then the price will probably go down in the short term. But number one, that will also reemphasize the importance of having something they can't ban. It's an asset like, wait a minute, you're telling me this, it really abridges my freedoms. But what's a bigger risk having money in, let's say Bitcoin, and then they ban me from putting money in or out if they do that, I can still, I'm in a parallel economy with people who will buy and sell my Bitcoin and I can buy and sell goods. Happened to a
1: bunch of islands uh, out in um, like the Bahamian, not Bahamian. I can't remember. There's a couple islands that they're taking Bitcoin cash right now. Absolutely. Yep. And it's cheaper and you don't have to pay fees to MasterCard and Visa who can, you know what my, you know what. It's
0: huge in Nigeria. It's huge in all these places where they've got out of control, Venezuela. Out of control governments and and money, so they can operate now. They're like, okay, you can ban us from buying more or selling it for your fiat, but we, you cannot ban us from operating together. I can still send money to you, and you can sell me your car if you want. So, what's a bigger risk? Is the bigger risk having money in Bitcoin and then them shutting the doors, or is the bigger risk not having any money in the parallel system at all and being shut out from it when they decide to get more draconian, and they will. And I look at it like that, and this is an asymmetric risk. It is an asymmetric bet to go, crypto is expanding like crazy. It is a defensive lifeboat. It is an offensive game changer. The risk of not participating, of not learning about it is is so dramatically big, both from the opportunity loss, but also... What could happen? Like if everything else goes to crap, if they decide to start confiscating money for again even more. So I just look at it as a we are at a fundamental fulcrum in our in our global society that um, it is so important not just for fun money but mm-hmm. to really understand what you're doing. That's why I've gone deep and deep and deep to go. What am I buying here? What is this? Why do I want it? And the epiphanies I've had and that I'm looking forward to sharing with the people at the mastermind, it, you know, it just have been life changing. I couldn't agree more. So here's
1: what what I'd like to do. Let's do the advanced trading predicting the market segment as a bonus. Okay. So for everyone in the mastermind, you're going to see the bonus. It's part of the included. If you're on our podcast right now, either listening or watching, go to paidforlife.com slash mastermind. There you're gonna get Brad's book, okay, which has a lot of good information. We're looking at it before we start today you get a transcript of the show and the bonus where we're going to go deep on predicting the market with Brad Costanzo. This is really cool. He'll show you how to read some graphs and some charts. And, um, I learned a lot. I've watched him go through this, I think three times now, and I'm still just really getting my head around it and I feel a lot more comfortable. And then, um, if you enjoyed this episode, make sure that you leave some comments for us as well and I'm going to give you a couple uh links again to get all the stuff. So there's links in the show notes for the services we talked about. Go to paidforlife.com/mastermind to get the bonuses, Brad's book, transcript of the show, or text the word crypto to 855-955-3958. So if you uh i have enjoyed it again, comment share it with someone you know and for everyone else stand by for the bonus